a fire on the mountain burning out of control. The sky is set ablaze in all its red and gold. The temperature's rising and the wind is blowing hot. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. We gotta turn this ship around before we run aground. Welcome to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet, archived at nhtalkradio.com for your binge listening pleasure. We can also be found on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes as a podcast. It's really great. And we're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, and other forms of memory impairment. I'm joined today by my good friend and colleague, Chris Ryan, the fastest talking man in radio, who sometimes gets all the letters of all the sponsors' names right, and who's (laughs) taught me everything I know about speaking too quickly on radio. It's really been an education over the past few years. I got a lot of stuff to say, and I got to say it I listen to Chris Ryan, and I just start speeding up, and you know, when I was in theater, I did all these exercises about speaking the teeth, the lips, the tip of the tongue, to learn how to say everything I needed to say as quickly as I needed to say it. And I find myself sometimes talking too quickly, but there's a lot to say because this week, this week... I got a good story before we get to that. All right. It's about me. It's always about me. It's always about me. So we're doing an ad um, the other day with uh, Dave Parker, who's running for city council. And um, he, uh, we write it all out, and I read it first to see if the timing is going to be appropriate for a 30-second ad. And uh, so I go through it, and um, it's 36 seconds. Then Dave reads through it, and it's exactly – it was actually supposed to be for a 60-second ad. I do it in 36 seconds. I'm like, this is going to be way too short. He's like, why don't I read it? So he read it a minute on the dot. And I thought I was reading slow, but I was able to read a 60-second ad in in 36 36 seconds. seconds. And I thought I was going slow. Well, you know what it means? It means you better stick to radio because you have no future whatsoever in the world of voice voiceovers because voiceovers require somebody who's able to stick to the time. And if you can't stick to the 60 seconds and make it sound coherent and reasonable, you've got no future. But what are you saying? Thank good, thank goodness you've got a future in radio where time is at a premium. And Chris Ryan, when he says it, WKXL, uh, com, you know, it's always fun. But, hey, wait a second. We had a big event this week. We had the State of the Union. And the state. I thought you were going to talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, the State of Our Union. Ah, Super Bowl, Schmooper Bowl. What happened? How boring. The Patriots won again. They just win all the time. I mean, what's. Go Jets. What fun is football? Okay? You know the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl. You know they're going to win. You know that Brady's going to do it in the fourth quarter. I mean, come on, people. You can't really be serious anymore about football because they just keep winning. And Brady is going to be playing quarterback when he's 65 years old. (laughs) Brady's going to be on Medicare and playing quarterback. Brady's going to be in a wheelchair and he's going to be playing quarterback for the New England Patriots. I can just see the white hair curling out from, from, from his helmet, the creases on his face, the crutches in the wheelchair, and he's still uh, making the Super Bowl 
uh, Super Bowl champs. Dudes in the past have been able to play to the age that Brady is at, um, but not like Brady is playing. That is what is so remarkable, is that he continues to be one of the top individuals at the game, where that... Jordan played till he's 39, 40 years old. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played into his 40s. But um, you just don't see guys performing at the top of their game. Usually it fades off in their late 30s. But Brady is still one of the, the best players in football at the age of 40, now 41. You know why? Why? Because he's a vegan. Oh. That's why. That's it. And the pliability thing. He's a vegan. He's a vegan, and that means that he doesn't corrupt his physical structure with animal proteins and animal fats. Um, He's living, his body is uh, kept uh, healthy and young. Uh, I don't have the self-control to live a vegan lifestyle, but he certainly does. He eats, you know, cashew ice cream and when he eats ice avocado, cream. Avocado, man. Avocado ice cream, right? Superfoods. And, and he's, after all, married to Giselle Bundchen. So that probably keeps him young. And and he has a very uh, interesting and intense training and workout regime, which is now becoming a kind of legendary that is helping his his flexibility and, and his stamina. Because this season, he got pummeled. He got, he got, you know, I mean, he got, he got pummeled as he, as he usually does, not as badly as in other seasons because he had a good line. But I, I, there's something about the combination of the food and exercise regime that he's on that keeps him fit and healthy, just like President Trump. There's something about the food and exercise regime that he's on both that, are keep, marvels. that keeps him wacky. For, I mean, both are, are physical marvels. They are physical marvels. So we have the six foot three, two hundred and eighty pound president he's who, not who he's lives who lives. He, he's two hundred and eighty pounds. Two hundred and eighty pounds. Who lives on Kentucky two, Fried three, Chicken, nine. McDonald's, Cokes. And uh, and uh, occasionally the health food is chicken nuggets. After all, that's what he served to the Clemson players. But but he also had a hamburgers. He had a State of the Union address, and you could tell that he was all pumped up on his on his favorite foods, and he was doing that that kind of that Mussolini thing, that that preening Mussolini thing, where he, he sticks his chin out and he juts his chin and he juts his chest up as he read the teleprompter for what was a startling uh, a startling address and you know what he didn't me- mention he did not once mention Russia not a single mention of Vladimir Putin came from the mouth of the Putinsky puppet Donald Trump. In Russia, they were very, 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 very sad that he did not say something nice about his friend Vladimir. Because after all, Vladimir, you know, he broke lots of promises to Vladimir. He promised Vladimir $50 million penthouse at top of Trump Tower. And this was going on 2015, 2016, when he's president, Michael Cohen is helping him get Trump Tower, but they finally said, no, he broke promise to Vladimir Putin. And after all, they have the compromise. Who material. are we right now? Are we they a, have are we the Vlad- a, a random Russian dude? Random Russian random dude. My name dude. is my name is Grigari. I am <laughs> with the FSB. I'm reporting to you from deep in the bunker here underneath the Kremlin. I'm telling you that Vladimir is very, very unhappy because Donald did not say what a good friend of the United States Vladimir 
is, which is, of course, a lie which we planted with him. But but what do you do with a State of the Union address that simply appeals to the Republican base or the Trump base, that others immigrants, that attacks the Congress by by claiming by claiming that that there will be no peace in legislation unless uh, w- while there is war and investigation. That's a direct threat to a co-equal branch of government. How do you get away with that? Uh, how has he gotten away with a lot of stuff? I think that you know the State of the Union, for the most part, was a complete you know yawner for for most of America. The State of the Union used to be an opportunity where you heard from your president and where the president addressed you. It feels like Donald Trump, and part of this is a strategy, is with you at all times because you're on your phone. There's Donald Trump talking about something. You are, uh, you know, watching TV. People are talking about Donald Trump. So he is constantly all encompassing. So his State of the Union address in front of the American people really doesn't mean that much. Ratings were down uh, a lot as they were for the Super Bowl, but the ratings are down a lot. And I just don't think that most people really care because it's not like it's anything that's new or special because they're always hearing from uh, from Donald Trump. He is constantly around you. He has managed to infiltrate your mind, Paul Hodes. And he is there. He has taken up space in your brain. No! Help! I've got a mind worm. It's <laughs> boring. Right it's boring. He's it's right way there. into he my brain. He is sitting in there. He is oh. sitting in there. He has a. He has is sitting there. He's got, you know, he's sitting in bed. He's got his fried chicken, and he is right there in your brain. Oh my God! You know, it, it's true. Bathrobe he, on. Oh, it's a terror. I don't even want to think about it. Okay, yeah. let's 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 turn Big to something. I tub I, of fried chicken. I got to turn. He to, is right there I in got, your head. I got to turn to something. Taking more, a presidency. More, more more pleasant. And frankly, to me, fried chicken is a lot more pleasant than Donald Trump. The two do go together. I don't think he's done much for sales at KFC. But what about the crop of presidential contenders who have now started to crisscross our fair state? Um, I, I, I will tell you that I was recently out in Los Angeles where the temperature was in the 70s and I attended the presidential announcement of Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, Chris you, Ryan you laughing? is laughing. Chris, you're laughing. You're laughing. I'm laughing because you're laughing. Marianne Williamson <laughs> is a fascinating candidate, a spiritual leader who's coming at the presidency from a very different place than most candidates, but she's only one of many. You've got uh, Mayor Bloomberg of New York, a billionaire a former mayor who's um, does thinks the Democrats talking about universal uh, or health single payer or Medicare for all will bankrupt the nation and is against the billionaire. Is Marianne Williamson a resident, a uh, a relative of yours? Or no, Marianne Williamson is not a relative. Oh, of mine. okay. Just uh, you've got uh, Kamala Harris who came out with a big announcement. Uh, I've heard Kirsten Gillibrand recently. Uh, at a house party in Portsmouth, and she was on fire. You've got Elizabeth Warren. You've got uh, Cory Booker, who's now announced. You've got people who are planning to get or talked about getting in, including Governor Jay Inslee of Washington, for whom climate change is a major issue, and people are interested in that. You've got Sherrod Brown, the scruffy Midwestern uh, working man's uh, candidate, coming in. You've got Amy Klobuchar, 
the uh, senator from Minnesota who has a big announcement coming on Sunday from Boom Lake, Minnesota. Boom Lake, Minnesota for Amy Klobuchar. She told MSNBC with a gleeful glint in her eye and a big smile. I don't think she's announcing that she's getting out of politics. I think she's announcing she's uh, leaving college a year early and she's going to be in the NBA draft. There you go. You got uh, Beto O'Rourke, who's tall enough to be in the NBA draft, who lost his race in uh, Texas. He's but still trying to find himself. Everybody, He's in Times Square trying to find Everybody's himself. talking who Beto. There was a house party recently. Point me in the right direction. Which there was way a house party in Concord, New Hampshire. Does Uber uh, go at, up there? At the home of Jay Sertikowski, a major Democratic activist, a really smart, wonderful guy. Uh, there was a draft Beto party. Um, meanwhile, Joe Biden is said and to now be— now I offer this reading from Beto. 95 <laughs> percent getting in, but Biden has teased about this yeah. before. And uh, what, what, where, where are they? Is there ranking? Does any of it matter at this point a year from now? Today, Beto— and let me ask you iceberg this. iceberg lettuce versus romaine lettuce. Oh, Chris Ryan is on the warpath, ladies and gentlemen. Beto O'Rourke, come and do an interview with Chris Ryan and explain your choices of lettuce. We want to know what kind of salad guy you are. Yeah. Are you a romaine salad guy? Or are you an iceberg wedge? Cherry tomatoes. An just iceberg are not the wedge. Best. Because, look. If, I like the slice. If tomato. you're a romaine guy, yeah. you're in trouble in New Hampshire. If you're an iceberg wedge, you fit right in because we're kind of a meat and like potatoes that. kind yeah, of state. Cr- that crunchy iceberg wedge. It's the crunchy iceberg wedge with a little bit of the blue cheese dressing and the bacon bits, which are bad for your cholesterol, but good for your voter base because it says, <laughs> I'm a real guy. I can eat iceberg lettuce. I can eat bacon bits. And I can survive that kind of salad. You see, for, you, you give me one of those frou-frou rolls. Romaine salads with arugula and those and those funny lettuces with the fringes on them. I'm going to turn that down. I'm not going to eat that. That's un-American. In fact, that's un-American. That kind of lettuce is un-American. It ought to be banned. In fact, it ought to be impeached. You could you could hold hearings on on that lettuce. That's the kind of lettuce that people will. That's the kind of lettuce that's dangerous for your health. That remember that. So when you're going shopping, folks. It's time to go for iceberg and bacon bits and be and be a real American. And that's what Beto needs to do when he comes to New Hampshire. He needs to be seen eating a wedge salad made out of iceberg. But we jest. But that's about the level at which Democrats seem to be parsing the policy of their various candidates. This one wants single payer. Is that different than Medicare for all? Nancy Pelosi wants to use the Affordable Care Act. Uh, some people want to make it free. Some people want to make it paid for. Bloomberg says it'll bankrupt the country. The current health care system is bad. What, what is a good Democrat to do in trying to choose between the candidates? How do you tell who's got that magical something, that je ne sais quoi, if I can be allowed to talk bad French for just a second, that, that magic that says, I think feel it from you. I feel like you're the person that I want to have a beer with. And at the same time, you're the person who ought to have his or her finger on the nuclear button and command the greatest military the world has ever known. How do you choose? I think that for most folks, there is that um, aspect of identifying with the individual candidate. There's also the it factor. Is a person do they command a stage? Do they have a presence? Um, is there something about the way they speak, the way they carry themselves? You know, is there an entertainment factor to them? Do you enjoy watching them and, and so forth? 
And um, they also have to be a leader. They have to be competent. You have to look at them and say, this is an, a smart person, maybe not an intellectual, but a smart person that can um, you know, weigh big decisions and make those decisions uh, in an element of pressure. You've heard it here from Chris Ryan, How to Pick a President. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet, archived at nhtalkradio.com, brought to you by the Birches at Concord. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with a special guest to talk about impeaching President Trump after this. Welcome to Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXL AM and FM, streamed live over the internet and available for your binge listening pleasure at nhtalkradio.com. Join my dozens of listeners and listen to past shows with exciting interviews and all kinds of wonderful political rants. We're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community, designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. Well, I'm very pleased to be joined by a very special guest, uh, former New Hampshire Senator Gordon Humphrey, currently Gordon Humphrey, who, as it happens, owns the radio station from which we're broadcasting, and I might add whose views are his own and not those of the radio station, uh, is my guest. Um, Gordon Humphrey has been known in his long past as a very conservative senator, and now uh, has evolved in his views and is working to remove a president. Gordon, welcome to Off the Record. Oh, thank you very much, Paul. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. And I'm I'm glad to get a chance to talk to you because your story um, in terms of your uh, evolution yeah, in as to your political views is one of the most interesting <laughs> stories, I think, in American politics. Uh, when I first came to New Hampshire, <clears throat> many, low, these many, low these many years ago, and you were uh, active and, and in office, um, you were known as a, a, as a serious fiscal hawk, a hawk on many issues, and uh, you seemed to represent at the time the, the ultimate Republican. And these days, your views have evolved, not necessarily in terms of um, uh, fiscal policy or others, perhaps, but certainly on other matters, you have now taken up uh, as a matter of principle different views. And I'm, I'm curious whether you'd share with uh, our listeners um, what, what happened. Uh, just talk generally first about the evolution of your uh, political thought. Sure. I'll try to keep this part brief because my goal these days is to remove President Trump from office. I didn't come in here to, to your, accept your kind invitation to come to talk about myself. But, but uh, have I changed? Of course, we all change as we grow older. We become more patient. We become more accommodating to other points of view. But uh, have I changed much in my political views? No, I haven't. I'm still a Ronald Reagan, Jack Kemp Republican, if you will. I believe in uh, in uh, strong defense. I believe in a, an interventionist or activist, at least, role in foreign world affairs. 
I believe in free trade. I believe in uh, coming as close as we can to balancing the budget, especially in good times such as these economically. Uh, So I haven't changed very much. What has changed, in my view, is the Republican Party, which is why I re-registered the morning after uh, Donald Trump's election as an independent. Well, it's it's interesting. Um, I was sitting uh, in the studio not too long ago with uh, Tom Rath. Uh, Tom is Mm -hmm. a well-known political activist on the Republican side. Renowned, yes. He's renowned. That's right. Sought after. (laughs) Just ask him. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Hi, Tom. (laughs) Sought after for his views. And, you know, I I asked him whether the New Hampshire uh, uh, Republican Party was the party of Donald Donald Trump or the party of Al Baldessero or the party of – um, Tom Rath, and his answer was, well, there really is no Republican Party. It's, um, uh, it's, it's left us. And it sounds to me like Republicans of conscience, and I know quite a few, uh, feel that they've lost a home uh, in what was the Republican Party, whether it was center-right or right or whatever uh, labels are, are handed out for those who believe as you've said, in fiscal responsibility and a strong uh, national defense and, um, and a, an assertive American foreign policy uh, and balanced budgets, all of which um, are traditionally what the Republican Party built its brand on but seem to be in short supply now when we've had a Republican Party, which when it was in control of all of the House, the Senate, and the presidency not too long ago passed a tax bill, which uh, has immediately resulted in trillion-dollar annual deficits. Uh, That's the kind of thing that um, uh, must must cause great grief to Republicans of conscience who believe in fiscal responsibility. Um, Well, that's only one aspect of this presidency. I think the whole presidency is a disaster. Yes, I've lost the the Republican Party has left me. I've lost a home, if you will. But I'm more worried about losing the country, and I'm more worried about my sons losing and my granddaughter losing their future. This president is a disaster. Uh, in virtually every respect, uh, and above all, he has violated the oath of office uh, to to faithfully execute the office of president and to preserve and defend the Constitution of the United States. He's, he has unfaithfully executed the office, and I can give you examples, and he has, uh, he has failed to preserve and defend the Constitution, attacking the, the First Amendment right of free press, for example. Um, and it needs to be removed from office. And my thesis is that the House, U.S. House of Representatives needs to get uh, on the ball, stop waiting for the Mueller report, which might be as much as a year away and which might never be revealed to Congress. Stop hiding behind that and, and hold hearings right now to determine whether there is evidence, whether the evidence is, is sufficiently strong to uh, draft articles of impeachment. We need hearings now and we need for members of Congress, including our two members from New Hampshire, to stop hiding behind the Mueller, waiting for the Mueller report and, and uh, call for the holding of hearings right now. 
Well, the obviously impeachment is uh, is is serious business, and uh, Donald Trump just gave a State of the Union address. Um, it was quite a spectacle, not a great address, but certainly quite a spectacle with um, an emboldened new House majority uh, for the first time. Democrats now control the United States House since. I was elected and served in Congress. I I had always said, hey, I served in the only four years of a Democratic majority since 1994, and that was when I got in in 2006. Here we are um, a, a, a decade plus later, and we now have returned Democrats to control of the House. We have divided government, of course. President and Senate are Republican. Um, although the, the president and uh, frankly Mitch McConnell, in my view, give that 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 title a bad name. The House is controlled by Democrats. The political situation has changed quite quite mightily. A number of my former colleagues um, have, in fact, drafted articles of impeachment. Brad Sherman, mm-hmm. um, yes, uh, either has or is drafting articles mm-hmm. of impeachment. Mm-hmm. Stephen Cohen uh, from Tennessee who uh, has become something of a media maven these days. He's doing a lot more appearing uh, uh, and is on the Judiciary Committee. And he has drafted uh, articles of impeachment. Um, What I hear from my colleagues, my former colleagues, with whom I keep in touch, um, is that uh, there is quite a bit of resistance, uh, certainly among the Democratic leadership and strategists there, to move forward on articles of impeachment and and, and very I think various reasons are given for the reluctance to move forward on the one hand, some see it as a matter of effective political strategy to uh, not immediately jump into impeachment uh, for political reasons because of a concern that uh, the larger public would then see Democrats as uh, only focused on uh, going after Trump and not focused on what they said they would do when they took over the House. (laughs) And some uh, uh, express reluctance saying, well, yes, we can impeach, but with a Republican Senate, um, we'll never get to uh, a successful impeachment, we won't actually be able to remove Trump uh, unless and until uh, we get from Republican senators buy-in to the malfeasance. Uh, what do you yeah. think about well, those kinds of blah blah uh, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Haven't we heard all this before? Didn't we just have an election? Didn't we just elect a crop of sixty-four new Democrat members of the House? Didn't we expect them to do something besides blabber once they took office? Uh, didn't we expect them to be a little more courageous than the Republicans they replaced? Uh, can't we expect them now to? Uh, function as a co-equal branch of the government instead of a co-opted branch of the government? Can't we expect them at least to start hearings, uh, to support the start of hearings? Not necessarily to support this uh, this congressman's uh, articles of impeach- impeachment or that congressman's list of articles of impeachment, but at least to support the opening of hearings so that the Congress, the U.S. House, will begin to discharge its constitutional functions as a co-equal branch and hold this president accountable. 
So uh, let's just let me just push back for a moment sure. because I heard um, Adam Schiff, yes. uh, who is now the um, head of the House Intelligence Committee, and I, I served with Adam. Um, I have a lot of respect for his smarts. Uh, he started as a prosecutor. He is a no nonsense guy who's a good man whose demeanor is a gentleman. His demeanor is statesmanlike. Uh, the way he speaks is statesmanlike. He's he's very he's very careful. And I think um, uh, if I had to pick a face for the Democrats' uh, intelligence uh, uh, committee, he would he he'd be at the top of the list. And and he is uh, after two years of obstruction. Uh, under the Republicans in terms of uh, Devin Nunes um, uh, running intelligence and essentially cooperating with the White House to bury intelligence, a real dereliction of duty. Uh, Adam Schiff is now uh, preparing and um, to move forward very aggressively. He said that he would, if necessary, um, subpoena uh, the um, Mueller report if the Justice mm-hmm. Department mm-hmm. refused to Good. release it to the, uh, which to the country. Which could well happen. Which could well happen under uh, the proposed Attorney General David Barr, who has been playing footsie about whether or not yes. he would actually yes. release it. Yes. Schiff also said now, it just uh, came out today, saying that he will release transcripts, which the Intelligence Committee has been sitting on, to Mueller mm-hmm. to determine whether... Others have uh, yes. committed offenses for which they ought to be um, achieved. Yes. One of his avowed purposes in in taking the helm of the Intelligence Committee and holding those hearings is because of his concern about the politics surrounding Mueller, Mueller's report, and what will or won't be found in there. And he believes that the Intelligence Committee... Is, plays an important and central role in finding out what actually happened and seeing whether or not there was the kind of collusion on the Russian matter uh, that uh, would prompt action. Um, but collusion on Russia are not the only problem Precisely that Donald right. Trump Precisely right. faces. And Precisely. It's, not the on- those are, it's not the only example. It may be the most treacherous and the most treasonous. If true. Yes. If true. Uh, examples of what's been going on in the White House, but there's a lot more. We'll get a into that. More. We'll get into that in just a second. We're going to take a short break. Uh, this is Off the Record with Paul Hodes on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the internet at nhtalkradio.com, available as a podcast on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes. Uh, you can listen in and binge listen to all our past shows. We're talking with Gordon Humphrey, about why he is taking up the cause of uh, advocating for the impeachment of President Donald Trump. And we're brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour, celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. We'll be back with more Off the Record. We're back. It's Off the Record with Paul Hodes here on WKXLAM and FM, streamed live over the Internet at nhtalkradio.com and brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community 
designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111. We're back with our very special guest, Gordon Humphrey, talking about the impeachment of President Donald Trump. So, Gordon, we talked about um, some of the potential investigations going on in the U.S. House by the Intelligence Committee. There are numerous other committees involved. Uh, Elijah Cummings at the Oversight and Government Reform Committee, where I, I was a, a member back to uh, back in the days when we were wondering why there were billions of dollars unaccounted for spent on the, the Iraq War, among among other things, and has now is now uh, conducting hearings. The Judiciary Committee is going to take up hearings. Um, almost every committee in Congress seems to now, under the rule of the Democrats, uh, be ready to investigate. But I bet. You're thinking that there already is evidence of other high crimes and misdemeanors. Yes. What do, what do you see? Well, it's all well and good that Adam Schiff intends to shift the uh, Intelligence Committee into high gear at long last. Uh, thank goodness that will happen under his leadership. Um, but what is needed to open impeachment hearings is for the is for the Judiciary Committee to begin hearings. That requires a referral by the Rules Committee. In other words, it needs the it needs the support of the leadership. So why, why isn't this happening? Well, in my candid opinion, the Democrats are as afraid of Trump's base as are the Republicans. And that's a huge disappointment. We just had an election to try to resolve that impasse. And uh, it may be a little too early to rush to a judgment, but so far it's not encouraging. So the Judiciary Committee needs to meet. And, and consider the evidence, which you've just asked me about. Consider the evidence, quite apart from whatever Mueller may produce on Russia or collusion, uh, the evidence. Okay, so the president uh, has repeatedly uh, called the, the media and reporters the enemies of, of the people. That's outrageous. That's an attack on the First Amendment uh, of the Constitution of the United States, which guarantees us a very precious safeguard against government abuse, namely free press president has not only attacked uh, reporters and, and the media, but he also said on one or maybe two occasions, at least one, that, that news networks should be licensed. In other words, they should pass some kind of political test. That's outrageous. Another attempt, attack on failure to preserve and defend the Constitution, in this case, the First Amendment. The president repeatedly attacked his own attorney general because that attorney general wouldn't play ball with him, the president, in persecuting the president's political enemies and instead took a hands-off approach, as he should ethically, the attorney general, from any involvement in the special prosecutor's investigation. Uh, the president uh, uh, fired uh, uh, his, his, his chief of staff. Uh, he has, he has um, uh, encouraged law enforcement authorities to treat uh, suspects roughly, physically roughly. This is a, an attack upon the rule of law in this country. Uh, the president, uh, now backing a little, backing off just a bit from my accusations of his failure to preserve and defend the Constitution, the president, or diverging to another area of, of failure, the president has failed to faithfully execute the office. He um, drove out of... Uh, out of office, his attorney general. Um, he has uh, driven out his principal military and, uh, advisors, the latest being uh, Defense Secretary Mattis, 
um, because the president will not uh, will not read re- intelligence reports. He will not give due weight to the opinion of intelligence and defense experts. This is a he's fail- den- in fact he's denigrated yeah. the intelligence agencies of the United States, calling them naive, telling them to go back to school, and saying basically I I don't believe anything they say, yes. which is emboldened yes. which is emboldened in adversaries yes. uh, around the world. Well, he's humiliated our intelligence experts in the last week or so. He has uh, uh, chronically refused to read intelligence reports or to listen to his intelligence advisors. He says, has said a number of occasions, he prefers to trust his gut instinct. This is, uh, these are evidences of chronic, repeated, willful failure to faithfully execute the office. These are in, the violation of the oath, which is what we're talking about, is certainly a high crime and misdemeanor, sufficiently serious to warrant hearings at least, and in my opinion, sufficiently serious to warrant articles of impeachment. Let's not forget... As long as we're talking about potential potential issues for this president, uh, violating the emoluments clause yes. by hanging on, refusing to disclose his tax returns, hanging on to his business interests while he was president, um, having uh, making money off the uh, Trump Hotel, which uh, on Pennsylvania Avenue, which by the way used to be the headquarters of the National Endowment for the Arts, until. Uh, Trump became president and bought it for a hotel. So he's continued to, to make money, and 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 foreign uh, foreign foreign visitors yeah, have right. lined up yes. to line his pockets while he's in office. And in fact, I believe there's an Office of Inspector General report mm-hmm. that says that it was inappropriate and wrong. And there are various lawsuits still pending right now in court about the violation of the uh, emoluments clause. There's uh, allegations and clearly an implication of obstruction of justice in firing FBI Director Comey. Now, one could argue that um, Comey's conduct in and around the release uh, of information about Hillary Clinton's emails before the election was problematic and that the public statements he made was problematic, but the president admitted to firing FBI Director Comey over the Russia thing. So if uh, while, the, while there's an investigation pending about the administration and the campaign, the administration, the president's dealings with ties and uh, to Russia and, and questions about whether or not he's actually uh, either consciously or unconsciously become the agent of a foreign power, he fires his FBI director who's in charge of the investigation. Uh, that seems to be a pretty clear example of classic obstruction of justice. So there is without doubt, um, uh, there's certainly smoke. And well, it's more than that. It's, it's evidence. It's only a question of whether the, the evidence is strong enough to warrant articles of impeachment. And that's why we need hearings of the Judiciary Committee. I'm sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, there's, there's, certainly, there's certainly smoke. And, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking a rather prudent tone with you today, I must tell you. <laughs> but, but more often than not, uh, when I'm sitting in, uh, in uh, the first segment chair uh, at, 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 here, I, um, I, I take off because 
because I hold no quarter for this president. I think um, he's an abomination. It's the worst president we've ever had. It goes beyond being just a bad president. Being a bad president is one thing. And I have often disagreed with presidents, both Republican and Democratic, as to policy. And that's what happens in the great um, whirlpool of our democracy. People have disagreements and they disagree on policy and principle. The questions, however, of honesty and dishonesty, the questions of decency, dignity, moral leadership, and following the rule of law and upholding uh, the oath of office is something far more serious and damaging. Because with his, I agree with you with his attacks on the media with his attacks on the judiciary, including on judges because of the color of their skin or their ethnic background, uh, with his attacks on the intelligence community, um, even putting – with his his breach of the emoluments clause, profiting off uh, the White House. And in fact, there's evidence that that was the plan all along. They never thought they were going to win. They thought they would lose but make a huge amount of money by being able to either start a network or profit – in other ways off the office. It doesn't seem to have stopped him from trying to profit while he's in the office. So there certainly seemed to be the basis for the impeachment proceedings. Put yourself, however, for a moment in the chair of the, of the Democratic leadership. What would, be the, what would be the effect, do you think, on the American people of the beginning of impeachment now? Well, let me ask you this question. You and I have been members of Congress. Um, what's the point of holding office? It's not easy to get there. It's not easy to act, uh, to fulfill the role responsibly while you're there. It's not easy to be be uh, attendant to your family and personal matters while you're there. So what's the point? What's the point of holding office? You answer. Well, for me, it was to change the direction of the country and make sure that our democracy was strong and that policy, which I strongly disagreed with at the time, which happened to be the war in Iraq, was something that I thought was important, as well as issues like climate change for me. The, 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 the point is to serve as a representative and voice of the people, all the people um, that you represent. Yeah. And is that more important than re-election or is re-election more important? Well, I, for me, for me, uh, as a public servant, I saw myself as a public servant, and my my job um, uh, was it was more important to me to follow my conscience and represent the needs of the people than it was to get elected. Uh, I ended up voting for the Affordable Care Act, which. Whatever we, with whatever we may disagree about its 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 effect or uh, its propriety, I thought was a, I thought was a step in the right direction to uh, help um, begin to solve the issues which are significant with our with our health care system. Frankly, I knew when I put my card in the slot on my birthday in 2010 that my political career was toast. Um, Good. I, I, Good I for knew, you. I, I knew you. it. God bless and, you. And I did it in part because when I was in the fifth grade, I won the fifth grade history prize at the collegiate school in New York City. And the prize, in addition to being recognized, was a copy of John F. Kennedy's book, Profiles and Courage, mm-hmm. which recounted story after story of people who were public servants who had to take votes that 
would never um, uh, do them do them well in the race mm-hmm. to uh, to continue in office. Paul, and, you asked me to put myself in the in the seat of uh, Democrat leaders. I would say to them, please, more courage, less profile. Do your job. Do what's right. Do what you ran to do. Do what's right. And if you get defeated, go home with honor. So Tom Steyer. As you did. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. And now let's just talk for a minute about some. By the way, going home is not so bad, is it? Well, I loved my job. Well, I did too, but I also loved having a real life. Yeah, well, real life isn't bad. <laughs> isn't bad either. I, I get to uh, I get to host a radio show. Yeah, there you so, go. And which I really love doing also. But Tom Steyer has an organization um, that is devoted to impeaching the president. Tom yes. Steyer is a billionaire. He's decided not to run for Congress, but he's got an organization uh, on the ground here in New Hampshire. Uh, in some small measure, working to convince people uh, to that impeachment is right and hoping that a grassroots mm-hmm. movement yes. will develop yes. to get to the representatives to take action. What do you know about about that about mm-hmm. that work mm-hmm. and are you working together? Um, yes, I've volunteered my time and efforts to uh, work with Tom Steyer and his organization, which is called Need to Impeach. Very easy to remember, Need to Impeach. Want to know more? Go to needtoimpeach.com. In fact, you can sign a petition there, join some 7 million Americans now who've signed that, as I have. Uh, Tom is a very nice guy. I've met him, as, as you have. Uh, he's one of the, you know, the problem with wealthy people is, is their money goes to their ego. They become uh, kind of self-centered and self-certain. And Golly, not- that's not a problem <laughs> I've got. Because, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a paycheck to paycheck kind of guy these days. <laughs> well, you won't get rich in radio, let me tell you that. Um, but he's, he's very down to earth and humble, if you can believe it. And a likable guy, someone you, you know, you'd want to have a beer with somewhere, as the expression goes. Yeah. But anyway, he's doing good things with his dough, in this case, in my opinion. Uh, which is trying to move the needle. You you mentioned that you're at least implied that the problem with getting hearings going on impeachment is that they're just, you know, too many people in Congress who are worried about what, you know, about public opinion. So, okay, one of the things you do in a situation like this is you try to move the needle. It's what I'm doing right now with your kind assistance. It's what I've been doing now for some months and hope to do for some time until we have a new president by some means or other. Um, and so anyway, Tom is doing great things, moving the needle nationwide uh, here in New Hampshire and, and all over. But New Hampshire especially because of the role that we are privileged to uh, play in, in the selection of presidential nominees. Uh, uh, NeedToImpeach.com. They're doing great work. Our guest on Off the Record has been Gordon Humphrey. Gordon, thanks for coming by. My very great pleasure, And Paul. we've talked about... The Need to Impeach, President Donald Trump here on Off the Record with Paul Hodes, brought to you by the Birches at Concord, New Hampshire's first assisted living community designed specifically for those living with Alzheimer's, dementia, or other forms of memory impairment. You can join a tour and celebrate life at the Birches by calling 224-9111.